0: This is the weekly Parsha Shior with Rabbi Chaim Bravender of Atir and webyeshiva.org, recorded live in Jerusalem at Beit Kineset Haram Ban. Visit www.webyeshiva.org for live, interactive, online shiorim today. The Parsha of The beginning of the Parsha Vayeshev tells us that uh, Yosef had two dreams. And those two dreams are um, are basically the same. They see us to be the same. <coughs> and they they're about the eventual kingship of Yosef, that Yosef will become the king over his family, over his whole family. As far as the first dream is concerned, which uh, the passage is not on your sheets, the first dream is concerned it says <coughs> In the Torah, So he told this dream to his brothers, and his brothers continued to hate him. They hated him. Why they hated him is not perfectly clear. Even though it says in the parasha, it says in the parasha that the Yisrael ahavet Yosef, we call bana. Maybe there's some kind of connection to Israel. That Israel loved Yosef. But you have to think about that. Ki <speaking in Hebrew> That's what the pasuk says. He was born. He was the last child, or next to the last child that was born. He was of his favorite wife. <speaking in Hebrew> So, our experience is that, uh, you know, there orphan is a favorite child. Uh, the parents, or one of the parents, seem to like one of the children more than the other one of the children. But, it's not clear that that alone could produce this result, which is, uh, that they hated him. Hate, in in, in order to keep the the fires of hate burning, there have to be ongoing reasons. The things happen all the time. Those of you who have difficulty with with a sibling probably know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to hear about it. So there was a dream, and the meaning of the dream was that Joseph was going to become king that was the missing meaning of the dream. Now, for some reason, for some reason which is not easy to understand for us as yet, the pasuk says, Yosef vayaged In other words, you didn't need anybody to stoke the fire. Yosef volunteered. But he knew, I guess, that they hate him that the last thing they wanted to hear from Yosef was that he was going to become the king of the family. And he didn't have to tell them. I mean, what was the point? He's become the king, he'll become the king. I mean, what's the, what's the Nafkemini to Yosef? What's Yosef's prophet in telling this story? So he told the story to his brothers. Pasuket, which may be on the sheet, Ah, yes. Pasuk Tet says, It's very important if any of you want to become teachers that when you prepare uh, sheets for the students, you should always leave something out that only you have. And then, you know, you might be on a par with the students, you know, which is always handy. So it says, he had another dream. And he went and he told the second dream to his brothers as well. So he told the second dream Lord, the sun and the moon and the stars. Clearly, they're all bowing down to him. So clearly, the implication is, uh, is quite obvious. And... Uh, We're sort of missing the point here. Why did Yosef tell the brothers? He knew they hated him. And he knew that the last, you know, that the discussions they had in the past were not fruitful. But why would he go to do this? Was he so naive as to think that they would say, oh, we really love you because you're going to be the king. You know what I mean? It's It's hard to imagine. Now look at the sheet. By Aviv. Now this is a new thing. The last time he had a dream, he told the story to his brothers. This time he tells the story el Aviv ve el Echav, Aviv ve el and then the pasuk says by Yigar bo Aviv, and his father expressed anger. Right, expressed anger. So he says to him, Yaakov says to Yosef, What is this dream that you dreamt? You know that in Hebrew they call that Lashon nofer alashon. Lashon nofer alashon means when you use two words, when you could use one of them. One of them would be sufficient. So, that, it's called Lashon, Nofer alashon, and in Greek it has a fancy name which only Sholom Yaakov remembers. Do you remember? Paranomazia." That's what it's called. Lashon, Nofer you. It happens in the Tanakh all the time. You have to the Tanakh all the time, so if you ask a teacher in school, what does it mean? So, they tell you it's emphasis. Emphasis, as I've mentioned in the past, the, tra- the, the best translation for emphasis is, I don't know. That's what emphasis means. So there are times in the Tanakh where there are extra words that are used, like, mot, you must. For emphasis. It's not enough to die. You have to die, die. It's not clear what emphasis might possibly mean in that case. But here in the pursuit, the words say, the words in the pasuk say, Are we all going to come? Me, your mother, your brothers, and we don't know what Jacob is talking about. I mean, the first question, if you don't know Rashi, the first question is, where? What is he talking about? I guess we'll come wherever the, the seat of the king will be. That's where you go to. I mean, what did Hambo Navo got to do with with uh, the dream? Ubo Echav. So, hate uh, and the jealousy uh, kind of go together. This time, Vayikan Ubo Echav. They were jealous of their brother Yosef. Vayikan So, just reading, things are not perfectly clear. We don't understand why Yosef did it, why he told the story twice, first to his brothers, second time to his brothers and to his father, why was his father added on, what is the father's response, why is he so angry at Yosef? I mean, if the dream is a dream, and it's a true dream, and it comes from HaKodesh Bochum, so why would Yaakov be angry? I can understand that. Yaakov is saying that, that maybe Yosef is not diplomatic. But it is a dream. It's a dream that God has organized, that even though dreams somehow come out of the persona, they can be influenced by outside forces, I guess. I don't know too much about dreams. I've always insisted that I don't dream. Which may be... A poor defense against some other kind of issue. Look at Rashi. V'yisaper el aviv velechav. L'achar shesiper otor l'achav, chazar v'sipro l'aviv b'fnei hen. So, of course, Rashi, the language is, uh the language is, here's Pasuk Tet. V'yisaper otor l'achav. First he told it to the brothers. Then he told it later on to the father and the brother. But the brothers were standing there. Right? So this is like the worst possible thing that he could do. He's got it all figured out, Joseph. How could I make my position more and more tenuous. Oh, this is what I'll do. I'll tell it first to my brothers, and then I'll tell it to my father, and I'll make sure my brothers are hanging around, listening to me tell the story. <speaking in> By <Hebrew> Yaakov yeah. 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 got angry at Yosef. What was he angry at Yosef? He said, Yosef had a dream. And the dream was true. He was angry that Yosef worked it out to create anger. That the brothers would be even more angry at Yosef than they were. Okay. Now we come to Habo Navo. Habo Navo. Right? Remember that? Lashon nofela. Lashon. Two words instead of one. Halo Oh v'ameita. Huh? Chakva Meita. Yosef's mother is Rachel. Rachel. Right? Teber Rachel. Rachel. Right down the block here. So Rachel, his mother, died. So what is Jacob saying? You mean your mother is also going to come? And so the dream was about the sun and the moon. The sun is Jacob, and the moon is Yosef's mother, who is so. So, so Yaakov is attacking. It was like this is the scene. Right? the brothers heard the dream And they didn't think too much about it They hate him already so They hate him a little more Then Yaakov Yosef tells the dream to Yaakov a second time And who else is there? All the brothers are there Right according to the pasuk. And look at the pasuk again <coughs> The second time around He told his father And the brothers were all there so his father realized his father realized that there was some kind of issue that Joseph was not getting along with the brothers, and that's what he wanted. He wanted them all to get along. So he says, "Halo inach vameita." Your mother's dead. So what was the implication? What was the implication? We'll see later on Rashi, but you know what the implication is. That if you show that the the, the that the dream is not true, then the dream is not true, then it's the whole thing is out the window. You know, like, what difference does it make what he says, what Joseph says? He also had a dream. The dream is not true. The dream is not true, so the brother should not be angry at him. What reason is there to be angry at a guy who goes around that and has fantasies about himself? That's what, that's what Yaakov of Venus said according to Rashi. Abonavo, anibe imcha. It's not possible. And then Rashi goes on and says, "Strange, so what is the uh, what does Rashi say? The Rashi says that he Yaakov didn't know that the dream was referring to Bilhah. That who's going to come to bow down to Yosef? Yaakov." And Bilha, And Bilha is like his mother because she raised him after Rachel, after Rachel died. So, what does Rashi say? This, like, you're meeting Rashi. So, what did Rashi do? What did Rashi do? She huh? She in, in other words, he t- Rashi could explain that Yakov didn't understand the dream and therefore he tried to make peace. But on the other hand it doesn't make sense to say that the Torah contains a dream that is not true. Why would it be? So so Rashi says the dream is true and Yaakov didn't know the shot and the dream so that's his only problem Rashi's only problem how come Yaakov didn't know? I mean you can't win in every direction. So here he has he's created a situation where Yaakov doesn't know what's going on. Ravatenu Ramdu Mikan Shaikalom the Lojva Imbitalim. True. That every dream is not decipherable. That a dream is not decipherable. Why is it not decipherable? Because there's something in the dream that is in fact meaningless. Something that's meaningless. So if there's something in the dream that's meaningless, but you don't know what's in it, what it is. You don't know what's meaningless. So you could never decipher a dream. Now, Yosef, if we wanted to find a nickname for Yosef, what what name would we give him? The great decipherer. That's what he did. That's how Jewish history moved along in the world because Yosef deciphered the dreams of the king of Egypt. You remember? That's going to happen in the forthcoming weeks. In this uh, in this uh, series, that was going to happen. So Rashi says, "Rabbeinu Adumi can shein chalom the road for him to tame him." The Yaakov mitkavein lo tia dava mi leiv ba nafshel uhu. In other words, Yaakov knew what did Yaakov know? What did Yaakov really know? Yeah, that, 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 that of course, is not going to be Raphael. and so what? So every dream has one mistake in it. But but Yaakov may believe that he didn't know that rule. Of course, Yaakov was a Talmud Chacham, and that rule is found in the Gemara and Brachot. And certainly, Yaakov if he didn't knew the Gemara and Brachot, right? That's not so hard. A lot of kids know the Gemara and Brachot today. So Yaakov certainly knew the Gemara and Brachot. So he knew the, the Gemara and Brachot. He knew that dreams have things in them that are not perfectly accurate. So what did Yaakov do? He didn't believe that he didn't know that rule because the brothers, they certainly didn't know that rule. The, the brothers are shepherds. They're running around. They're doing all kinds of things. They're plotting on killing Yosef. They, you know, they're not the Talmud-Chochem type. It doesn't seem that way. The brothers, they the Yosef's brothers. They remind me always of Esau. And they don't remind me of Yaakov. But, uh, but Yaakov wanted to diminish the kino, the jealousy that existed between the brothers. So he announced, what do you mean? Your mother's going to come. She's already dead and no one's going to come. That I means there's no reason to think that she's going to come, Mikudah. So Rashi, Rashi's kind of like worked it out, right? He did know what the dream meant. He didn't know what the dream meant. There's a part of the dream that is probably not accurate, but it doesn't matter. Yaakov did know that. He didn't know that. Uh, everything is a problem. Pasukyid Aleph Pasuk says, Va'viv Shamarat Adavar. It was this whole enterprise, this whole attempt that uh, Yaakov made to produce peace between the brothers, between Yosef and his brothers, that didn't work. They were jealous of him nonetheless. Va'viv Shamarat Adavar. He didn't let on. The father did Shamar at something. He he, uh, kept back. Uh, on some aspect of, of what was going on Now, uh, what was that? Shemaret HaDavah So Shemaret adavar means that Yaakov knew that the dream was true that he knew that the dream would take place but he silently waited for that to happen he didn't discuss it with his other sons, he't discuss it with the brothers. He knew that they all hated, that they all hated Joseph, and they didn't want to, they didn't want to talk about it at all. So uh, I mean, there's a dream, and the dream becomes the center of a family issue. And it's not clear why the brothers hated Joseph. Nor is it clear why Yosef thought that by telling the story of the dream to his brothers, things would be better. The only thing we might be able to say, just like looking at at what is going on, the only thing we might be able to say is that Yosef felt that he was destined for kingship. You know that the king, there would be a king in Israel. And the king of Israel would come from one of the brothers. One of the brothers who were born to Yaakov. And Yosef felt that it would be him. And he was right. It was him. But you know that Yosef was also wrong. Because even though Yosef became the king of the Jews in Egypt. He did not become the king of the Jews in Canaan. So sometimes you can look at a story. Look at something that You know you know that, that, that there's a flaw here that can't be worked out. It can't be worked out. Because Yosef is absolutely confident that he was chosen to be the king. And the brothers are absolutely confident that he was not. He's not the right person to be the king. He was not chosen to be the king. Yosef brings evidence that he's right. That's what a dream is. If A dream is true. That is evidence. And since they all believed in truth, in the truth of dreams, there is no doubt that Yosef's evidence annoyed the brothers because they knew that there was something wrong. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the parasha, the parashiyot indicate, the parashiyot indicate that they are both right. That Ruve, Shimon, Levi, lost their Privilege of becoming king, one way or the other, and therefore the kingship passed down to Yehuda. Right, the kingship passed down to Yehuda. You remember that Yehuda is the one about whom Leah said, Leah said that uh, I have to give special thanks. <coughs> for the birth of Yehuda, because Leah made a cheshbon that there would be 12 shvatim. And since there were four wives, each of the wives would have three children. Each of the wives would have three three children, but she, Leah, had four children. So that means somebody else, one of the other wives, was not going to have as many children as the other. And of course that wife was Rachel. Right, she only had two children. Right, so that, that Yehuda became king. Became king because Yehuda was the one child who was born that was not granted, was not automatic. It wasn't that you know that they knew the wives knew that there had to be twelve sons, and the twelve sons would be distributed amongst the four wives. But Yehuda was an exception. And and he came because Leah davened. The other sons, I mean, the implication from Rashi, the way Rashi tells the story, is that Leah didn't daven for Ruve, Shimon, and Levi. Because Ruben and Shimon, and Levi, she knew that they were going to be born to her. I mean, not those names, but that she would have three sons. She knew that. She davened for Yehuda. And Yehuda therefore, was distinguished from the other children of Yaakov by the fact that his mother, Rachel, Leah, his mother Leah, Davinfen. And that's how he was born. He was born as a result of prayer. And since he was born as a result of prayer, he was given, he was given special privilege. Now, you know that Yaakov, Yaakov also Esau but Yaakov was born as the result of prayer. So I remember Rifka and Yitzchak she was having difficulties and they both dothed and Yaakov therefore was born as a result of prayer. I don't have to tell you too much about Yitzchak being born to Abraham and Sora, also as a result of prayer. So that it turns out that there's like a, a hidden text in these in these parashiyot that you could distinguish the one who is born as a result of prayer it's a distinguishable child it doesn't make him better necessarily but it probably gives him the potential of being better Right? she prayed yes but she prayed because she had no children this is a different kind of uh, prayer but maybe maybe you're right Maybe you uh, I mean I should take it all back, all that effort I put into it. It's still a good idea. It's still a good idea, but you have to you have to like tweak it a little bit. So this is what Rashi. This is what uh, this is what Rashi taught us. This is what's going on. There's like this tremendous tension between. So Yosef... So what I wanted to say was that Yosef knew he was going to be a king, but the brothers knew he wasn't going to be the king. It was a question that we were talking about different kingships, right? He was the king in Egypt, but Yehuda ultimately became the king of Ab-Yisrael, right? That was Yehuda. He received kingship that was inviolate. Yosef received kingship that ended with his children, right? That ended with his children, his children received a double portion, but as a result of which he disappeared, right? Is that, is that okay work? In other words, Yosef had two children who became tribes. Right? A tribe of Manasseh. But as a result of that, Yosef disappeared. So the kingship could not continue in the line of Yosef because there was no line of Yosef. It just disappeared. So that's how it happened. That's how Yosef was dethroned. Right? He just. Disappeared. He didn't have any children because the line of Yosef started from the Thraim and of Manasseh. There was no Yosef. Yosef disappeared. Even though there were some mentions of Yosef in Tehillim, but okay, you know, exceptional. Let's look at the Ramban. <laughs> if you look at the Ramban, it's the second uh, uh, to the left to the left of the page maybe maybe just to, uh, if you look at the second page you see the uh, you see the gemara the gemara says almarat my mish va shemen you khay ki sheim shee efshar levar the low kevin kafi efshar le khalom levad do'im betaylim Omar Abi Berechiah, halom, avo pishem miktzato mitkayim, kulo eino mitkayim. Menalan, miyosef dichtiv, vinei Hashem is berech v'gomer. Vahishata imei lo havata. At that time, his mother did not exist. His mother didn't exist. So listen to the formulations. People are sensitive to the words. The formulations make a difference. Rabbi Yochanan said, "Bishum Rabbi Shimon Yuchai. You know, Rabbi Yochanan was an Amora who lived in Eretz Yisrael, and Rabbi Shimon bin Yochai was a Tanna who was the uh, who was the author of the Zohar, according to according to the tradition. Very uh, a very remarkable personality, Rabbi Shimon Yochai. Kishem lebar below when you collect the coal, the corn, bar is corn. You know, the corn growing in the field. So when you collect it, there will always be kevin mixed in with it. Heaven is strong. So Bar is good, and heaven is bad. It's always mixed in. So that, the same thing is true about a Chalom. You get a Chalom, so there's heaven. And you see, most of the Chalom is Bar. It's very high-class, very high-quality. But heaven is mixed in. Heaven mixed into the halom means that part of the halom is not going to be true. It's not going to be meaningful. That's what, that's what Rabbi Yochanan, Yeshua, Rabbi Shimon Yochai said. Rabbi B'arechia, he who's with a time in Eretz Yisrael, he said it in a different way. He said, halom. He said it in a positive way, that if you have a halom, and part of the halom happens to come true, you can't necessarily expect the rest of the Chalom to come true. Why? Because we, never, we know that a, a is never fully, uh, uh, never, never comes true fully. That was his dream. So you see that in the Gemara, in Brachot, it sounds like the prayer of Yosef was the first example of a prayer where you see that it's not going to come true. It's not going to come true because the Shemesh, that's Yaakov, and the Oreach that's Rachel, are not going to come together to bow down to, uh, uh, to Yosef. So this, this Gemara does not include that part, of the, um, that part of Rashi, the part of Rashi that says that uh, that Bilhah came that, the, the, that it is true but you might think it's not true it was like, like there's sort of a kind of a question did Yaakov know about this Gemara and Baba Kama? did uh, did Joseph know about this Gemara and Baba Kama? so that's that's not, not perfectly clear if you look at Breshit right under that like Ubo Echav he took a pen I don't know what he wrote down he wrote down the date when the dream was dreamt or when he thought it would come true but in any event means that Yaakov Avinu gave in spite of the fact that he was yelling at Yosef for telling everybody the dream he gave the dream a lot of credibility that's what that's what it says in the Breshit Rabba. Amabi Shia Rabba Vaziv Shama Davav Ruha Kodesh Omar Shamoit Hadvarim Shatirim Liga. Ruha Kodesh Omar. Who's Ruha Kodesh? I think I'd be better off not talking about it. He said like we were really, Roha ro- said to whom said to Jacob Avino Shemoe tajaim shati David Avino the said they are going to happen and Levi lady the shame became bakhanina ma kh azinu Jacob that shim shim ubaim He saw that it was really going to happen. So again, we have this problem. Did, Did he understand it or didn't he understand it? And if he did understand it, what was he doing? And if he didn't understand it, what was he doing? So now, let's go back to the first page. Let us go back to the first page. I remember when I first came to Israel, I mean, my wife and I, when we first came to Israel, we went to visit somebody but we had heard of. We didn't really know them, but went to visit them. And we thought we had an appointment. You know, those days, there were no phones. I mean, no landline phones. Making a telephone call was... uh, Well, it was like something to do for a day or two. If you wanted to call America... Well home, America, you had to have a press card and a special, you had to be notified. It's like a big deal. It didn't cost any money. In those days, they thought that the way they would save money on telephone calls was just not to let you make any. So it wasn't so, it wasn't so easy to have an appointment. But we thought we had an appointment to visit these people in buy for God. And, and we went to visit them. And we saw that they came to the door, this, this couple, and they were both wearing their coats hats they're ready to go they're ready to leave so say oh I'm so sorry came the wrong time you're going someplace they said no we always sit like this says <laughs> said we're uh, how are they? it's very cold <laughs> so just thinking to myself I think changed. change the, here I am in the winter in a room in Israel and it's too hot you know well, getting it right, it would be a little bit much, you know. But it definitely is too hot. It's definitely too hot. Okay, the heat makes you tired. Look at the Ramban. The second, the second statement in the Ramban. The Ramban says, "Abon <laughs> You see, he's talking about the posuk "Ani <laughs> Are we all going to come? So here is the Ramban. He picks up on the Gemara and and on the, the Medrash Rabbah and he says that she died already. That's Rashi. Right? That, that's the fact. It's true. Every word is true. It just says that you have to get to a different character. Raboteinu lamdo And in fact, this story is so important that the Gemara in Prochos teaches us that every dream has Dvarim And Yaakov's intention in mentioning all this was to lower the level of the dispute between the brothers and Yosef. So that's what Yaakov said, just like that part of the the, the, uh, the dream is false, it must be that the entire dream is false, right? Everything is false. That's what he said. All uh, of this is Rashi. All of this is Rashi that Yaakov was using this information that he had, really, that every dream has something in it that doesn't count to kind of malign the whole dream and that the brothers will not be so uh, unhappy with their brother Yosef since they know that you know, they'll think that the dreams are shtuyot. Jews are shtuyot. Okay. The uh, Fidati. This is the third white line. The So it would seem, it would seem, according to the Ramban, that Duhar and Zilpa had already died when they went to Mitzrayim when they went to Mitzrayim that's where they're going to bow down to Yosef So he doesn't like Rashi. Again, what's Rashi based on? That Doha is going to go to Mithraim and bow down to Yosef. What does the Ramban say? Doha must have been dead already. She must have been dead. And therefore, that can't be a reasonable interpretation. Maybe that's why they're not mentioned. But it could have written, it did write, Neshei the different wives. And it says, it's very unlikely that the yareach, that the moon, would be a, a way of mentioning, say a moon, instead of mentioning a concubine. Aval the Ramban, enyan ki ha'shem the is truly is mention of Yaakov by Yareach. Revised of Rebbe Tov, called Hashem Shabahen Ayu Toldotav. The Yermos, he called Toldotav So that Shemesh is Yaakov. The Yareach is everybody else. Everybody else who's around, who's not uh, not one of the brothers. The uh, Yermos, he called Toldotav Yishtachabulo. The never should say and it doesn't mean that just twelve will bow down, but all seventy will bow down. Eventually, that they all bowed down. So, what does the Ramban say? What's the Ramban? What's the Ramban? that That is no big deal. There's no big deal in the Pesach. If you, you don't have to, if you don't talk about the problem of Rochel and Leah, and there is no problem of Rachel, because even though Rachel died, the, part, the dream does not refer specifically to his mother, but it refers to the entire entourage that came down to Mitzrayim with Yaakov. So you see, interestingly enough, the Ramban sits there and looks at Rashi. He looks at what Rashi says, and he, he seems to me that the Ramban rejects this whole line of thought, that there was some kind of second story. There was another story. The brothers hated Joseph because they hated him before. They hated him now. It's not because of the dream that they hated him. It's just that the Pesach says there was no change in the way the brothers thought about their... About, uh, so you see, two... Positions, two positions in the uh, in the position in Rashi and in the Ramban. What I would like to do is try to go through at least part of the Maskele Dovid, Maskele Dovid, which is on the first page, and explains this uh, explains this puzzle. The Maskele David is Rav Fardu. Rav Fardu wrote a very important perushim on things that most people did not write perushim upon. And he wrote a very important perush on the Tosefta. He wrote a very important perush on the Sifri, or the Sifra, of David Fadu. Uh, and a very highly regarded. And he wrote a very important perush on Rashi. A very important perush on Rashi that I know that the Nechama Leibowitz thought very highly of, but she used it all the time. And that perush is called Maskil leDavid. Maskil leDavid. and you could buy... When I was a kid, I had, uh, I had the, one of those books, The you know, an edition I couldn't read. It was like, a social, those are different times. Where, you know, if you had a book and you couldn't read it, that was considered to be very scholarly. And then uh, somebody thought that maybe it would a good idea that you would be able to read it, so they published another edition, laser-printed, you know. I don't know what that means exactly, but that's what you're supposed to say. It was laser-printed, and, and it's very nice, and you can read it. And so here... And uh, this is a... This is a printage from one of those um, Hebrew on online programs. You know, where you get everything looking exactly the same. So, this a problem. It's better to get it from a book. But if you don't have a book, you can get it from your computer in a minute. Which is interesting. Listen to this. So he has Rashi. He has the Ramban. Right? He's ready to pay with on Rashi. But he has... He has before him the Rashi and the Ramban, without a doubt. So, look at what he has to say. The masculine dog Rab David tried to levize Mashma. Shetmiat Yaakov kayemet veLo ayal lo banav levad dehar akate lo kisalta dato chadein chalom below dvarim beteilin vein kein kevin dli bidei ifshar bimol vlishva meita vuh lo yodei Magim He's basically quoting Rashi. sheker, That's Rashi. That Yaakov is trying to convince his sons that since one part of the dream is sheker, the whole dream is sheker. <laughs> So this is all, it's not in the ration that we have, but it's in the Midrash. It's in the Midrash. The Midrash says, What do you mean? <laughs> you mean Yosef had a dream and the dream was just dumb, ridiculous? So why did the teller tell us the story? I and mean, who else did know about that. Yosef said, the dream is ridiculous. Because it mentions your mother, and your mother's already dead. So what does the measure suggest? That we're talking about Tchiat meitim, And Yaakov knew that we were talking about Tchiat In other words, that Rachel would be rejuvenated, and she would in fact go and bow down. But the brothers, Yaakov's children, who are poops, generally speaking, did not say anything about Tchiat even though According to the tradition, they daven three times a day, right? Avraham, Yitzchel, Yaakov, you may remember that the davening that we daven every day, every day, includes the bracham chayam which implies that such a thing is going to happen. So Yaakov knew that such a thing was going to happen, and that by him saying that his mother was dead, that was totally irrelevant, because they could be tchiyat ha but the brothers who he was talking to, they didn't understand that. They said, oh, her father, he says, you know, she's dead. She must be really dead. So, look again at the... At the um, <laughs> what does Shemar at therefore mean? That he didn't tell anybody that he knew that the dream was really true. That it was really going to happen because there was going to be tchiata meitim. And tchiata meitim was going to allow Rachel to to come. Ella amituta einyan. The pirish rishon zehu mehamedrash. Tahachi ita hatam kachay aviru yakov sabush. Tchiata magad be'amav. That's the medrash, not Russian. That's the medrash. That tchiata meitim magad be'amav. Therefore, Yakov thought that the dream was absolutely true as it is and it did not have any uh full material in it so he says yaakov will be in your bed as the baba jiya hayisha adam gesh avo amand 7th line sabo Se- no. 6th line 6 or 7 hayisha adam gesh Sabur. she ko yaano tivi levanav so that the mattress holds. that Yaakov Avinu said what he said to his sons, who were ninka books and didn't know anything about Tzavta But he himself, he knew that the dream was that the dream was true. Ani. what has that got to do with anything? I He says, that's what the Medrash thought. Now, though, There are two comings. The first coming is Raphael. She's coming from the dead and she'll be alive. And then uh, um, uh, will come, after that will come uh, all the family and go to Mitzrayim and bow down to uh, and bow down to uh, to Yosef. So you see the Mascula David David Fardou goes on to explain the psukim based on two traditions of interpretation. One is found in the Gemara in Brachot, which says, Ein And the other is found in the Medrash, which says that Yaakov Avila knew perfectly well that the, the dream was totally true, the dream was totally true, and that Rachel would come, and Rachel would come to be part of the... Uh, the entourage that goes to bow down to Yosef after the Tzchiat HaMetim that would take place in his day. These are the, the two interpretations. Now, if you look at them backwards, these two interpretations, look at them backwards, you see, we see two things. One is, one is that there's a, there's a, a lack of clarity about this question. Can the Torah tell me something that is not true. I mean, after all, everybody agrees that the Gemara in Brachot is telling me something that is correct. And what is correct is that every dream has some problematic aspect to it. But does that mean does that mean that the Torah, in order to teach me this rule, is going to write something in it in a dream, which is not true? So about that, there is that question. There's a bakloket between the Gemara, which seems to say yes, and the Medrash that seems to say that seems to say no. <coughs> That's the first thing I want to that we should uh, like take note of. The second thing that we should take note of, the second thing that we should take note of is the fact that deviousness has become second nature to Yaakov. Deviousness. In other words, Yaakov, Yaakov fooled his father. Yaakov, according to Laban, fooled Laban. And now, Yaakov is trying to fool his own sons. Everything was done in a good cause. Yaakov fooled his father to get the bracha that he thought he deserved. Yaakov fooled Lavan, because if he didn't fool him, he might not have made it possible for him to leave, for him to leave the house of Lavan. And now, Yaakov is fooling his own sons, because he wants to diminish the level of animosity deliver the the level of animosity amongst the brothers so there's one more passage that I wanted to teach tonight but I'm not going to have time and that's if you look at page uh, page 2 when the brothers decide to kill Yosef remember Yosef goes to look for them he finds them and then they decide to kill him So you see that the sons also are committed to deviousness. Esau killed people, but he never said, I didn't mean it. He never said, that I, my intentions were not to kill him. Here the sons of Yaakov, they say, they say, we'll go home to Yaakov and we'll say, Chayara You see those words? What do they mean? Well, what will they be after his death? they will disappear into the stratosphere. They'll be gone. I mean, either you believe that the Chalom has got to take place, and therefore killing, y- killing Yosef is an irrelevancy, or you believe that the Chalom is not going to be here. If you kill him, it's not going to come true. That's what you think about uh, the about Chalomot. So what does Rashi say? You see the Rashi? This Rashi is the end. The last Rashi of the day. O'ma Rabbi Yitzchak. O'ma Rabbi Yitzchak. Mikraze Omer Mikraze Omer means that it, you can't read the Pasuk as it is written. It doesn't make any sense. But you have to take this clause out and look at it Independently. And see what it teaches you. So Mikrozel zel kodesh meret kain. Ruach kodesh meret kain. Who's ruach kodesh? The the great editor in the sky. Ruach kodesh. Something that is going to be added. I mean, it'll be in the Torah of Moshe Rabbeinu, but it's going to be added even though none of the people in this story said it. Some, the words came from some place, but they didn't come from the people in the story. Ruach HaKadosh on there it came, Heim o'mim nargeil vakatub nesayim v'neem ayu chalom otav n'eer d'vermi akum o'shelachem <laughs> o'shelim v'yayashar sheyomu heim became In other words, Rashi is telling us based on the measures that it cannot be. Who could not have said Couldn't have been the brothers. Because if they kill, him, everybody understands that there are no dreams. The whole thing is on, on hold. So that's a snide comment said by Ruhar Kodesh. Back in the Sayyidina Dvarmi Yakum. <coughs> we will see whose words will be will be the ones that are established. O Shalachem, O So we understand that the brothers the brothers believed in the dream. They believed. What were they so angry about? And why was it that Jacob wasn't able to dissuade them from their anger and their jealousy of Yosef? Well, oh, the answer is simple. The answer is because they believed that the dreams were true. They understood very well that dreams come to people who deserve them and that the information in the dreams is significant and that Yosef was possessed of significant information in the form of a dream. And so that it was Yaakov who was misguided. Yaakov thought that if he could discredit the dream, if he could discredit Joseph's dream, then that would would contribute to peace amongst the brothers. But what he didn't understand, Yaakov, what Yaakov didn't understand was that uh, he couldn't discredit the, the dream because the brothers were greater believers in the dream then Yosef, then Yackel himself believed in the dream. And therefore, these words, V'nei emayu what, we're going to see what's going to happen with the dreams of, of, uh, of uh, Yosef, that was not said by the brothers. It could not have been said by the brothers, because killing him, is just an explanation. Why did they kill him? Why did they want to kill him? Why did they want to kill him at first, and not sell him uh, to the Egyptians? Because they thought that by killing him, they would be able to take a step against the dream. But they themselves realized, apparently, right, that's when they realized that killing him would not do the job. And therefore, they changed their position and they offered to sell him to the first, to the first seller. So it turns out that the greatest believers in the dream are Yosef's brothers who acted in accordance, ultimately in accordance with the dream, and managed to, uh, and they decided to sell them, at least they would make that with the Mabetsa. And what are we going to get out of this? We'll, we'll get a little bit of money. That's better than, than nothing. Eventually we know we're going to have to go to Mitzrayim and, and bow down to Yosef. Okay. Well, we have to bow down to Yosef. We will bow down to Yosef. But this is a, these are two different difficult sukim I think, in which you have to kind of always be trying to evaluate what the different personalities in the story were thinking. Jacob was thinking good things, but it would seem that it was kind of irrelevant, that the brothers believed that the dream was true, and that it would come true, and that the only possible way of denying the dream was perhaps to kill Yosef, but they realized that they wouldn't be able to do it. They were there. Dude, you remember the story of how they killed Yosef, was they threw him into, they wanted to throw him into a pit, right? Because there was this problem, they didn't want to kill him physically. They wanted to kill him inadvertently, like put him in a place where he would die, which is not quite the same as taking a gun and shooting him. So they wanted to put him in that place, What they realized, is they realized that they, they wanted him dead, but they didn't want to kill him, but they understood that, uh, that since he was saved miraculously, do you say miraculously in the fifth that they wouldn't be able to change the course of of divine history or history determined by the rebellious life. What? Well, I guess certain ways, certain ways they were the boost. other ways they were not. I have a happy Hanukkah and a good Shabbos. I'll see you after Hanukkah. After Hanukkah.